Natasha is a Canadian anti-diet nutritionist and entrepreneur. She is also a certified Zumba instructor who promotes enjoyable movement for all bodies in a non-judgmental, body-positive environment. Natasha spent years being a slave to diet culture, but no matter how much she dieted, she could never keep off the weight permanently. Her lived experiences and higher education in nutrition science inspired her to start her own brand. Natasha is now passionate about spreading the truth about diet culture, body acceptance, health at every size, and intuitive eating. Here's our conversation with Natasha. The You and I podcast promotes love, happiness, and abundance. Through storytelling and sisterhood, they encourage self-love, a balanced worth ethic, and a healthy life. This is Ozzy and Caro, and thank you so much for listening to the You and I podcast. Thank you so much, Tash, for joining us on the You and I podcast. No problem. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Yes, we wanted to bring you on to speak to us about, you know, anti-diet culture, diet culture period, and what it means to eat intuitively and just everything surrounding those topics and everything. So we thought you'd be the best person to talk to. Thank you so much. I'd love to talk about it. So tell us about your story and what has led you to where you are now. So my story starts back in South Africa. That's where I lived for the first few years of my life. And so while I was there, the people that I was around, you know, looked like me. So I was never really conscious about different body ideals from the ones that I was seeing around me. But then when we moved to Canada, I was like introduced into a whole different society. And I just compared myself to what was seen as ideal. And I realized, oh my God, I do not fit in here. I can never fit in here. And so that really took a big hit to my self-esteem. And it only got worse as time went. And then by the end of high school, I met a guy that I really liked. This is so lame, but he told me that if I was to be attractive to him and if we could date, I would have to be smaller. So he told me to lose 50 pounds. And instead of me thinking, wow, that is really disrespectful. And this person is obviously not the one for you. At that time, I took that as good advice. And then I went on to lose 50 pounds. And I did it in three months, which is so dangerous. But at that time, I felt great about it because I had been following all of this nutrition advice that was not actually accurate, but I just believed that it was. And so eventually I just could not keep up with the dieting anymore because it was just unrealistic. I would work out six days a week, sometimes twice a day. I'd eat between 800 to 1200 calories. And honestly, I was definitely eating disordered disorderedly, but people just kept congratulating me. And so eventually I decided, you know what, I should go study nutrition. So that's what made me decide to major in that. As I went further into my education and I kept getting heavier and heavier, it was really hard, especially because of this field where 
thin and white is the ideal. I got more and more depressed as I got further from being small. And so I went to visit a dietitian. And so I told her, I need to lose 50 pounds. Can you please help me? And she was saying, you know what? I hear you. I understand. But I have a different approach to nutrition. Are you willing to hear more about it? And so I was desperate. I was at rock bottom. So I said, sure. And that is how I got introduced to intuitive eating. And so we worked through the principles for a few sessions and it just completely changed my perspective of health and of my body and everything surrounding my relationship with food. And so it was just such an amazing transformation that I went on to learn more about it by myself. And ever since then, I've just been on fire for it. That's really great. I love your story. Because I, I kind of resonates with me a lot because I too had a lot of body like weight issues growing up. And I'm not gonna lie, I kind of still do have a few now. And mm -hmm. that's why I like your platform because it's just allowing me to dive more into this idea and kind of just knowing how to have a more healthy relationship with my like with food. But um, a question for you is, um, what is diet culture and what does it mean to you? So diet culture is basically what our society is obsessed with right now. It's all about thinner being better. And basically everyone just feels the need to not be themselves because diet culture is basically saying, look how happy you would be if you didn't look, at, look like yourself. It makes people want to change their natural features like cellulite or stretch marks, for example, or even having a thigh gap is something that's seen as really, really important. And so diet culture is basically just a really toxic form of restricting people and controlling people and distracting them from actually living their full lives because they're just focused on changing their bodies all the time. In your opinion, where do you think this type of mentality came from? I blame it on the diet industry. Honestly, it's worth $66 billion. And this industry is just all about making money. They profit from us being so insecure about ourselves. And so that's why we're always getting all this media telling us that we should change. They're the ones who are running all these campaigns, making us feel bad. And they're the ones who get money every time we try a new diet or try new products. And I wanted to get your opinion on this. I feel maybe around 2000 and maybe 17, 18, it seemed that there was this push for being in quotations thick and more so along, I don't know if you know what I mean, but more so along that line of, mm -hmm. of, um, of rhetoric. So I just wanted to know what your thoughts were on that, seeing as how a lot more people are swaying towards being thick and mm -hmm. being curvy. Um, rather than that thin mentality. From what I've noticed in the past few years, people like Kim Kardashian have been like really in the spotlight or Kylie Jenner and those people are all about being thick. And so I think before being thick wasn't seen as a good thing because it's associated with being black and that's a whole other issue. But since non-black people made being thick 
popular, I feel like our society has moved more towards that these days. What made you decide to go down the route of utilizing social media and Instagram to share your message? I noticed that people around me really use Instagram a lot. And I like the way that you get bite-sized pieces of information. And as long as it captures people's attention, they'll look at it. And so I kind of thought, you know what, since this message is so important, the fastest way that I can think of reaching a large group of people is through using Instagram. And people spend hours and hours on social media every day. So I want to get more into the thick nutritionist. So Mm -hmm. you say that you are a non-diet nutritionist. What does that look like? So I like using this platform as a non-diet nutritionist because it helps people see the truth and kind of separate it from all the food rules that they've grown up hearing all the time. So I really like showing people that, you know what, there is a different way of looking at health. It's possible to do that without being obsessed. It's possible to work out without doing it just for maximum calorie burning. And it's okay to love yourself even if it doesn't look like what the ideal body type looks like. So being a non-diet nutritionist is really just trying to repeatedly remind people of those things because our society is always saying the opposite. And I feel like you do that well with your brand. Your brand has been doing really well. So in your opinion, if you could reflect, I guess, why do you think people gravitate towards your content? I think people gravitate to my, towards my content because I'm really real about it. I don't just give the information and then leave it there. I talk about my experiences. I relate to others that are in bigger bodies or have dieted because I've been through so much. So I think when I talk about it, just that added layer of being myself really helps. You say that you help women break free from diet culture and start living a full life on their own terms. If you could describe life for that woman, what would it look like? Life for that woman would look like not missing out on the pleasures of life because of any of the external influences from other people or societal views. It's saying, it's recognizing that yes, our society is diet obsessed, but we don't have to attach weight to our worth. It's being able to chase your dreams, being able to go on vacations, go to celebrations, and just do all those kinds of things without obsessing about what you look like the whole time or what you're going to eat. It's just being able to be present, have fun, and just be confident. You're able to eat food and understand that, yes, some things are healthier than other things, but I am not a bad person for enjoying other foods. And you're just able to enjoy those things without binging and without feeling out of control around food. That sounds like a really nice life, I have to say. <laughs> but I wanna, um, I wanna touch more on the diet culture and relationship with food and your thoughts. How mm-hmm. can people differentiate between a diet and something that is generally not good for you? 
I feel like that is maybe my problem among others, I guess, where I know that some things are not good. Like you mentioned, some things are, you know, scientifically just not good for you. Mm. But how is it is it necessary to cut those out completely? Should we have to cut it out? What are what are your thoughts? I absolutely don't think you need to cut out any food unless of course you have an allergy to it or you just don't like the food. But just in terms of other foods that you are able to enjoy, I always tell people like, you know what, if cookies are your thing, they make you feel super guilty. You think they're gonna make you fat or whatever your fear is around it. If you just really allowed yourself to eat as many cookies as you want, literally until you feel stuffed with cookies, if that's your thing, you will quickly realize that it doesn't feel that good to have all those cookies all the time. And you start to realize like, okay, you know what? Yeah, they're around, but do I really want a cookie right now? Am I going to enjoy this cookie right now? So kind of when you allow yourself to eat anything, you give yourself space to choose foods because you actually enjoy them and they make your body feel good, which ends up being a lot of those kinds of foods that are seen as healthy anyways. So being healthy and not being on a diet is being able to eat those foods that are previously off limit. Yeah, my thing is pasta, guys. I <laughs> I can eat pasta. Well, I, maybe I can eat. I, I can I say that I can eat pasta for days, but maybe I honestly can't because like you get mm-hmm. tired of pasta. But no, what are there's your, so many ways to eat pasta. Thing? There's so many ways to eat pasta, Ozzy. Kara, what's your thing? Like, what's your... I love brownies. I don't think guilty pleasure is the right word. It's not guilty at all. I will eat an entire pound of brownies by myself. No problem. (laughs) No questions asked. I will, and then the thing about it is like on top of the brownies, like I need ice cream to go with it. So I just, I can't just eat the brownies by itself. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Tosh? What's your thing? Me? uh, I just really like pizza. But I think because of how much pizza I've had, it's kind of lost the allure and the magic to it. But I still enjoy pizza for sure. Italian food is, it's just the best. Top tier. It is. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, lo- I also love dairy. I, I don't know. I can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has lots of protein, which is positive. It just sucks that our society does demonize certain things like carbs or certain proteins and all those different things. Like, no, you actually do need to have all those food groups in your diet. And it's totally okay if you do. You don't have to feel guilty for enjoying it. Okay. Would you say that there are steps to developing a healthy relationship with food? I would say yes. The intuitive eating principles basically are those kinds of steps. But It's also important not to make that a diet almost because a lot of people get focused on the principles of intuitive eating and then they say, okay, so if I break these principles, then I'm being bad. But basically the key to having a good relationship with food is ditching the diets and just allowing yourself to explore food, be curious about food, remove any of the shame associated with it, and just really giving yourself that unconditional permission to eat. Because with time, 
your inner food critic starts getting quieter and quieter. You start getting less affected by what other people tell you to eat. And it's just good because you start learning to be more in touch with your body, what you crave, what you like, what makes you feel actually really good. And it all comes together at the end of the day to cultivate that healthy relationship with food and being able to be mindful with it. I wanted to know what was your take on portion control? Because I feel as if that was a major thing for me when an- analyzing like my weight and kind of how I intake food. Because I don't feel as if a lot of the foods I was eating was particularly unhealthy. I'm using air quotes. Mm-hmm. Unhealthy. But it's just that I would eat so much of it that it would seem to be like too much for me or like it was affecting my body in ways that I did not personally like and I don't know if it was because I was falling into the way society kind of um pushes on diet culture but I want to know what is your um thoughts on portion control so I think with portion control and saying moderation sometimes it does cause people to start judging themselves for eating more food even if they don't actually have to And so I think with portion control, it's important to see it instead of like, see it in a way of, okay, I've ate half of my plate. Now I'm going to check in with myself. How am I feeling? Do I feel comfortable? Do I still want to eat more food? And just being able to stop every few minutes, I guess, to see how you are actually feeling. Because when you slow down and you actually take in everything that you're eating and you're not distracted by anything naturally if you're not supposed to eat less you would eat less because you've given yourself time to process that meal because sometimes with portion control people realize that they eat more because of how fast they're eating or because they're distracted but if you're just in the moment and you're being mindful it's okay if you eat more than you thought you would because you're going to eat different amounts of food every single day. Yeah, when it comes to distractions, like I have to have either a show or like a video playing when Mm -hmm. I eat. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I guess it's the idea that I could be doing work during my lunch breaks and my dinner breaks and my breakfast breaks. So it's I see it as a break to me. So I need to utilize that break as much as I can. So I would would watch videos and eat, which I guess is not good because... It defeats the whole purpose of intuitive eating. I mean, I'm not saying it's good or bad to do that. Okay, But true. yeah, because I don't want to be rigid and say that you should, because <laughs> it is enjoyable to like eat food and be in front of a TV for sure. But then it's just something extra you have to think about. Like, you know what? I am watching TV. So how am I really feeling? Like if you just continue to check in on yourself, it's fine. Yeah. But talking about diets, I wanted to know what your definition of a diet is. Is it keto, whole 30, paleo? Is it things, is it diet or I don't know if those are diets, but is it, mm-hmm. are, are those considered diets? Yes. I would say anything that is prescribing you with like exact things to eat and those kinds of rigid guidelines where you're either succeeding or failing would be considered a diet. So 
yes, there's the ones that are more commercialized that everyone knows about, like Weight Watchers. And then there's other popular kinds of diets like keto and all those things. And those can really mess with a person because you're cutting out on food groups and you're not actually satisfying any of your cravings. So you can quickly go down a rabbit hole of binge eating and then losing weight and then gaining it back because you feel crazy around food. So basically anything that makes you start to feel crazy around food and make you obsess about it because you're trying to follow a rule would be a diet. And then what are your thoughts on intermittent fasting? Because I guess by your definition, it doesn't really restrict you to certain foods. It's more so of when you eat. So do you think that's a diet as well? Or is that something completely different? Um, so just by the definition of a diet being something that tells you when to eat food or what to eat, or how much to eat, I would put intermittent fasting in there just because it's telling you when to eat. Anytime that you have to follow external cues and you're being told what to do, it is technically dieting in a way. And intermittent fasting can be really harmful for people, especially like people with diabetes because they need to have that constant energy so only having it at certain times of the day can be really harmful. And just in general, it makes people think about food because they're restricting themselves. So it interrupts with their daily activities. So I would consider it a fast. Uh, I would consider it a diet, but I do know that some people do inter intermittent fasting for other reasons like religion. So I won't comment on that part. Yeah, of course. So we're talking about diet culture, we're talking about intuitive eating, but I guess I want to know what is, because you know, so food is food is important, yes, and it's important to get your nutrients and everything like that, mm -hmm. good to have your veggies, you know, your carbs, fats, stuff like that. So what would you, I don't know if this is like a good question to ask, especially when we think about- All questions are good questions. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> we've already talked about restrictions and stuff, mm -hmm. so just- Keep that in mind. Anyway, what would you say is like a good, not diet, but good, what's a good relationship of lifestyle? Well, I don't know if it's okay. Here's what I'm going to, I'm not going to ask a question. This is just, I'm just going to say this and then uh -huh. we can formulate a question around that. But you know, it's important to have balance. There's this thing about, um, you know, you should have 70% good food and then 20% whatever you want or something around those lines. So, you know, you eat pizza, you eat pasta, but when is it enough to actually start eating healthy? Does that make sense? Like, I have a question. I just have a question off of your question, Ozzy. Okay, yeah. Go Are on. you trying to say like, even like when, cause you said that like there's 20% of the food that like we, sh is like the food that we should eat like whatever we want and the mm -hmm. rest should be kind of healthy or mm -hmm. like healthy choices like off, like healthy yeah. and like more food health how important and, like, okay i think i'm decisions. how important do you think healthy choices and overall eating healthy when i say healthy i mean vegetables having your um, appropriate amount of vegetables fruits fats healthy fats you know things like that Well, I think when you put food in those categories of 
this is totally healthy and this is unhealthy, it can still be tricky. Even if you say like 70% good, 30% bad, you can start to feel guilty again. So if you go again with the intuitive eating principles of just being curious around food and exploring how it makes you feel like with whatever you're eating, with time, you just naturally do gravitate to those foods that you're mentioning as more than as more healthy, just because like, you know, our bodies do thrive when we're getting enough nutrients. So when you're following intuitive eating, even though you're not telling yourself you can't eat any specific food, you can't, you can eat any food at any time. It doesn't mean that you will end up doing that. You will end up eating in a more nutritious way with time and because you actually want to and because it feels good not because you're being told to yeah i think that's a better word more nutritious mm-hmm. yeah, i think yeah i think that's what i was trying to trying to ex- go after so i know you saw, when you say intuitive eating um and por- not portion control but just like asking yourself am i still hungry like do i want more or just like being more focused on the intake of my food rather being consumed by like watching a video how is that internal dialogue supposed to go i guess mainly because if somebody still has uh somewhat of a negative uh like a negative mentality towards eating more and like how is that conversation supposed to work in their head if they are trying to stay away from eating more so is it do you get what I'm trying to say? <laughs> I don't, like I guess it's like the time for poorly worded questions. I'm so sorry, Izzy. I'm falling right behind you. <laughs> um, do you mean like you I might think I struggle? What you're you might struggle with like uh, your hunger and fullness because you have a bad relationship with food and you're distracted. Um, and how should you figure out if you're hungry? Is that what you mean? Um, I guess I mean because I'll give you an example. Last year, at mm-hmm. some point, I realized that I was really bad at eating when I'm hungry and I just ate because I can eat. So mm-hmm. that's how I spent a lot of my time um, my sophomore year, just eating because I could. And from that, I began to realize like, yo, like I probably need to slow down and take more consideration to what I'm putting into my body. And I just realized that, you know what, I never really ate when I was hungry. I just ate because I saw the food there and I wanted to eat or it seemed like it was the right time to go and eat. So um, there was one day where I just like I did not eat anything the entire day. Like I sat there and I just drank water. It was the most Mm. miserable day of my entire life. I like sat there and cried, even though even Mm. though I was like, I really want the food, but I don't know if I'm hungry. So I guess um when I began to eat I realized that I was more aware of when I'm hungry because I was building going off of that sensation that I felt the entire day I realized that this is how it feels to be hungry so when I feel like this I should go and eat so I guess instead of like somebody going the hard way like I did and just starving myself for one day um what like what steps should they should someone take when they're trying to figure out 
like how much food should they intake and even like when they are intaking the food if they still kind of have a negative mindset to eating Mm -hmm. how can they overcome that negative mindset so that they can feel better knowing that it is okay to eat more food if you are still hungry well i would say that for someone who feels like they've absolutely lost touch with their hunger and fullness cues which is so normal because of how we've been growing up and what we've been told about eating. Um, I would say do make times for yourself to eat, not like strict times, but if you give yourself a range of being like, okay, you know what? I wanna have three solid meals and two snacks a day, just kind of space them out similarly every day and then, with that you'll start to realize what being hungry feels like what being full feels like and with that you start seeing what kind of quantities feel good for you and maybe you'll end up realizing that you do need another snack maybe right before bed because you start to feel really sick without that and it helps you go to bed easier and you're not thinking about food as much or maybe you realize maybe I don't need this snack at this time because it makes me feel this way. So I guess if you look at hunger from different perspectives to like being like, okay, what's my mood like right now? Am I hangry? Am I getting irritable? Am I moody? Like what's my energy like? Am I feeling tired? Meh. Or Am I feeling energized? And like, how does your head feel? How does your body feel? Because sometimes our hunger can manifest that way. Even if we don't literally feel hungry, there are those like physical sensations that we can feel like our stomachs jumpy rumbling or something like that. And so if you give yourself permission to feel full often, you can start to see how much you actually need. That makes sense. That makes sense. I want to pivot a little bit to talking about more sort of reflection and the future, I guess, for 2021. Mm -hmm. Did you always know that you wanted to be a nutritionist and go into that kind of nutrition um, industry? And what advice would you give yourself, um, your younger self, rather, if you could? I had absolutely no idea. I would not have imagined that I would be a non-diet nutritionist today just because my intentions were so unhealthy when I joined the profession. So I definitely thought that I would be prescribing weight loss and helping people become healthier, quote unquote, in that sense, because I thought that's what I was doing. But Thank God for lots of counseling because I am able to see things completely differently today and teach other people the things that I wish I could have told myself when I was younger. And what I would have told myself is stop caring so much about what other people think about you because that's what got me in trouble. That's what made me start to change my body I was just trying to get a guy to notice me and to like me or even how I stopped wearing things that I wanted to wear or eating foods that I wanted to eat or doing anything that I wanted all because I was always 
thinking about what other people would think and it just really consumed my mind at all times. So I would really say stop worrying and just be yourself because people like it when you're yourself anyways. Authentic is better. Stop trying to fit into that. Who do you look up to in the nutritionist space? And what recommendations would you have for anybody who is interested? Um, so within the nutrition space, I really respect Elise and Evelyn because they're the founders of Intuitive Eating. They're the ones who kind of put the whole process in something manageable for other people to understand and teach their clients and also just to teach yourself separately. So shout out to them for sure. And then Christy Harrison is another big one. I feel like she has a very loud presence within this community because people started listening to her first. I would say on a larger scale, she has a podcast. She also released a book not too long ago. So I respect her as well. And then there's other people that are really focused on body positivity, like Body Posa Panda. I'm not sure if you've heard of Megan, but I love her account as well. And then there's a few dietitians that are people of color and I just love them so much. Um, the nutrition tea, Shanna, the encouraging dietitian, that's Christina Johnson, the Trill RD, Ayana, and for enjoyable movement, I really like, my name is Jessamine. She's a body positive yoga instructor and she really celebrates every kind of body. So she has really helped me as well on my journey. And to anybody who's interested in, or who wants to, I guess, do better and improve and grow, what do you think is maybe like the first step to take? The first step to take is to just give yourself permission to completely unlearn and reject all the rules that you've been told before. So even if it doesn't quite make sense to you, just let yourself know that it's allowed and there might really be a different way of looking at things. Just be open to a different perspective. Educate yourself, immerse yourself in this different perspective. And with time, it will start making more sense to you and you'll want to make those kinds of changes by yourself and it won't feel like you're ever dieting it only gets easier with time so if you just give yourself permission to start and to not feel bad about it i would say that's a great place to go december is I, we're in december right now which is crazy but looking forward to 2021 what can you tell us what what are you hoping for and how has your mentality changed for 2021? I'm hoping for people to continue to connect with others through social media, because even though we were doing that before, now I feel like everyone is on social media. So I really like that because I think people are being introduced into different communities that they might not have paid attention to if they were just living their regular busy lives. 
and COVID has really put a halt on everyone and has made people slow down. So I like that in the sense that there's education, more education available, but it still is really awful, everything that COVID has done and how it's affected all of us. So in that sense, it has made me really, really, really thankful for being alive and being healthy because so many people have passed away because of it, unfortunately. So I guess it's just 2020 has really taught me to have gratitude for everything that I currently have as well. So going into 2021, I'm just going to continue to spread this message as much, as much as I can while people are listening more than ever. And also to just take things a day, a day at a time and always tell my loved ones how much I appreciate them. Thank you for that. That was yeah. really beautiful. I want to thank you so much for joining us on the UNI podcast and sharing your knowledge on nutrition with our listeners and us. No problem. Thank you so much for inviting me again. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the UNI podcast. If you love this episode as much as we did, rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, check out our show notes for all of our links, including our Cheers to Better You guide and workbook. New episodes drop every week on Monday. We can't wait to hang out with you again. We'll talk soon. Bye.